hello. Uh, before you listen to this, you should know that we use naughty words and talk about bottoms and things, so if you do not like explicit content, now is the time to stop listening. Otherwise, hold on for the good stuff. Hello and welcome to That Was The Week That Was The While Ago, the podcast where we try to make sense of yesteryear's internet nonsense today. I'm Oscar. And I'm Alex. Alex, uh, we did a new format thing last week, didn't we? Yeah, it didn't entirely set itself on fire. It did It's good. Uh, and several people have indeed uh, come up to me or, you know, reached out to me. I hate reaching out. Should we touch base? Um, I think we need to synergize our paradigms a little bit more. Yeah, let's do that. But they did all that via cyberspace. The information super highway, you may know it by, um, as I know you're in the know. I mean, yes. I, I, although, I mean, the feedback I had was that we, uh, that somebody was surprised that our podcast was not meta-tagged with the word smegma. Oh, yeah, no, that is an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you mention it, but um, several people said to me that uh, they didn't want to like castrate me after hearing it, and so I think we can tentatively qualify that one as a success. Do you think we should just castrate you to be on the safe side? Possibly. I've <laughs> I've spent some uh, long hours looking at myself in the mirror with the with razor in hand, thinking, should I just should I just though? This is getting a bit kind of weird taxi driver. Yeah. So, on to happier things. Yeah, on to happier things. Alex, would you like to know what the papers said uh, on this date 20 years ago? 20 years ago. Yes, tell me all about that. Cast your mind back to the mid-90s, specifically uh, to an article published on the Daily Mail website uh, at, on the 10th of June 1996. I'm just going to tell you the title. England Back in Dark Ages. So far, so Daily Mail. So far, so Daily Mail. Um, I'm going to just give you a uh, a little lead as to what this article is about. I'm pretty sure I've seen this article as an episode of Game of Thrones. The only thing it's lacking was uh, public execution of a criminal. And that was the episode of Game of Thrones. This one is chock full of execution. That's not true. <laughs> you can you can just tell from the tone of it that they, he really wishes he'd seen someone hung, drawn and quartered. Um, I spent quite a long time trying to work out if this was true or not, because it's a really detailed review of a jousting match that took place before a football match in 1996. Yeah, it was the, I mean, 96 was the Euro, you know, yeah. it was Euro 96 yeah. in England. Yeah, in Wembley. In Wembley. In Wembley. In Wembley, and uh, it was all decked out, um, and I think there was some sort of marketing campaign, possibly. Um, what I remember I getting to? little, um, in Frosties, you had these little things that looked like TVs, and they had a, a hologram of an England player kicking a ball at a goal, and that was incredibly exciting for me as a 10-year-old. Would you like to hear a few paragraphs from this? I mean, if they're about holograms, then yes. I mean, otherwise I'm supposed to... holograms. I'm ambivalent, but okay, go on. All about jousting. The vicarious thrill of joust-watching was apparent from the very opening bout. Charging in from the Neasden end, Alex Cox of the Devil's Horseman may have carried his lance fractionally too low. Anyway, he came a fearful cropper directly below the royal box and was badly hurt when his horse rolled on top of him. Oh, there's there's nothing quite like the Daily Mail and a carefully coded knob joke. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he got hit in the royal box. (laughs) Some insensitive stewards wanted to whisk him out of sight immediately. The Duke of Kent's arrival was imminently expected. What were they expecting the Duke of Kent to do to him? I don't know. Maybe he just he just sees someone lying there and he, the blood like the red mist. He just eats vision. Them. He just like he's like somebody out of the Walking Dead or like one of those things I've actually seen. Mm. Just eats their stomach. 
Yeah. I mean, in fairness, because because the essence of having a royalty is is basically just covering up the embarrassing things that they do, that would not be much more inconvenient than what we have to do anyway. So, sure, we'll go with that. The Duke of Kent's arrival was imminently expected, but happily, more chivalrous supervision prevailed, and he was firmly strapped down before being taken off on a stretcher 20 minutes later with a broken leg and a fearful shaking. I mean, it's... <clears throat> to be honest... Whilst it it seems more enthralled to the sport, it, to the action of the sport itself, rather than actually, you know, describing a. I suppose that's the thing you kind of forget that sports commentary assumes that you know quite a lot about the sport that you can imagine it in your head. Whereas yeah. this guy's just like, if this guy was doing a football match, you'd be like, oh, the man got hit with some sort of artificial leather, um, kind of human-powered drone, like yeah. in his head, and he he grabbed his head and rolled on the floor for several minutes. The ref wanted to stop the game, but his other teammates didn't want to stop the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's doing a good job there. Yeah. Um, and then we got some um, some shit about making fun of the Swiss and making fun of Mr. Mick Hucknall. But to be fair, that's one thing that hasn't changed in 20 years, at least. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, the more things change, the more things they stay the same. And, you right. know, Mick Hucknall. Yeah. Mick Hucknall. Mick fucking Hucknall. Um, um, it's, okay, this is definitely the most enjoyable Daily Mail article I've ever read. I mean, even, even more than last week. I felt last week, you know... Describing old golf, yeah. just because uh, sometimes in my head when I imagine Daily Mail writers, yeah, I, I I veer between two extremes. It's either graduates who've got their first journalism job and are doing a fantastic impression of what their grandma sounds like after a couple of pernos, mm. or it's somebody in their nineties who you know used to own perno and is now just upset all the immigrants. And I, I feel like this one, this one's written by a forty-year-old, fifty-year-old bloke who's like very, very happy with himself. You know, yeah. It's another, it's another kind of. Wasn't it a different world before the internet? It was, wasn't it different? It was a sodding different, yeah, sodding different world, world before the internet. No, it's very enjoyable. I ain't, like we'll put it in the show notes somewhere, and it's actually quite, quite interesting if you can get past all the like, oh, Swiss are cowards. To be fair, oh no, they're no longer accepting comments on this article. That is a massive shame. Yeah, I feel like we should have a comment storm on the articles that we live to sometimes. Maybe we can start a petition on change.org to get um, uh, the get the comments open back up. Yeah, for exact for Daily Mail articles for maybe three weeks for the ones from exactly twenty years ago. Mm. Just just for our podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Strange things have happened. Um, hey, would you like to go from the Duke of Kent's uh, habit of eviscerating fallen horsemen? to um, Olympus has fallen. No, not Olympus. Uh, the Queen. Brenda. Brenda has fallen. Brenda has fallen. No, it's the Queen. We'll do a different story. How about that? Yeah, well, should we... We're, we're jumping forward in time by by 19 years, right? Yeah. To last year. Yeah. Um, okay, look out for it. Wisdom from the comments is coming. Um, a, a year ago, you might have remembered this, someone from the BBC tweeted that the Queen was dead. Yeah, I remember... Uh, I mean, yes. I, I remember the panic of thinking, oh, no, I'm abroad. This will be dreadful. Like, how will I How will I snark effectively in, it, it, and then feel like... How will I run the, the British gamut of emotions when somebody famous dies if, if I'm a Repu- around? If a Republican is abroad and there are no monarchists around to sneer at when a royal dies... The thing is, I'm, n- I'm neither monarchist nor Republican. I'm, okay. I'm sort of in that middle ground of going... Uh, and, and at once feeling, you know, some level of annoyance with the amount of money 
money they t- they take, but also feeling that they they guarantee some sort of constitutional neutrality. So when when she goes, I'm sort of I, I am upset because you know I, I think everybody's aware of the faults with Prince Charles, but also like I ah, just. I don't know. It just seems such a. It it, rem, it brings into sharp relief how silly this country is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so that got tweeted, mm. and then a lot of other people picked it up, um, and it spread around the world that the Queen was dead until the palace. Buckingham Palace confirmed that actually she was not dead, but she had been in hospital, and the and so the reporter was doing a training exercise where they were essentially making up details of the Queen's illness. And some of the Queen's, um, some of the Queen's illness, uh, some of the details of the made-up tweet were, turned out to be true. Yeah, I mean, it looks like she potentially went to hospital. Yeah, she went to hospital. She went to the same hospital as in the made-up tweet. And I feel like, I don't know. So first of all, I've been in marketing and it's so easy to make this kind of fuck up. Um, but I've never, ever, ever got quite this unlucky. But the other thing is that this feels exactly like some sort of thought experiment, right? Like, if you tweet something about the Queen, and imagine if she actually had died. Well, that doesn't, doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Doesn't <laughs> bear thinking about. Well, like, wisdom from the comments. Um, wisdom from the comments is, I wonder if she'll have a job next week. Could be talking about the Queen rather than the reporter, for all we know. It is a difficult one to, to work out. If we, someone had, had, had sat down with the Queen and had a nice long talk and said, Look, Liz, you don't mind if I call you Liz, do you? Things haven't been going particularly well lately. And um, we've decided, therefore, that you're going to have to leave us. It's been a really good run. It's been and a we, really good uh, run. We, we want to we let you know that any time... Uh, we'd be welcome to apply for any other roles that we have. Mm. But at the moment, we don't feel that we'll be hiring for some years. Yeah. Um, and we want to thank you for everything you've done. Like, we really, really appreciate it. And this is not, this is not about you. It's just that the country's not in a good place at the moment. Um, and so we have to make these hard decisions. I mean, this is the thing, is it? It kind of reminds you of um, like oh, the, fuck the off, mom. <laughs> the 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 peak of the Blair years, and like oh. when ministers would be resigned by being called into a room and being told that their resignation had just been made public, and that, that you know that that would be that would be that. Thank you very much. If you imagine that would be how you know wisdom of the comments. Yeah. You 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 put a little story up saying Queen Elizabeth has, has cough. Queen Elizabeth bad cough, Queen Elizabeth pneumonia, and then you just see the response between one and people going, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and then you, you decide whether she has been resigned from queening. She could have a really good, like, because as well, she deserves a retirement. Yeah. You know, like, there's, it, it's no good working here forever. And she no should, quite. She should, like, you know, there's no use being technically um, queen of all these hot islands um, and having all this money off the civil list if you don't get a couple of years to enjoy it. Like, right, exactly. Go she can't spend the whole time at Barrel Moral, can she? Exactly. No, what's the point? What is the sort of point? This journalist, um, people are saying that she would have got fired if... Like, this story just has so many hypotheticals, it should be taught in philosophy classes. Would she have been promoted if the Queen actually had died? Uh, was she wearing the appropriate coloured tie at the time? Lest we forget Peter Sisson's faux pas many years ago on the BBC wearing a burgundy tie for the deaf Queen Mother. If you're a BuzzFeed reporter or whoever and you report this stuff hmm. and your Twitter avatar is not immediately black... Yeah. 
at the grief, the desolate desert of grief that you feel. Yeah. No, as far as I understand it, she would... Um, the only appropriate thing to do would be to report that the Queen was dead and then immediately self-immolate. Yeah. Just pour a canister of gasoline over your head, light a match, and off you go. Not really... Well, I mean, it wouldn't... It, it, it could not be petrol. It would have to be sort of some sort of royal brandy or, you know, something... Mm. It would have to be something royal. Yeah. Immolation by Calvin Klein. <laughs> <laughs> Immolation um, by Prince Anne. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Quinn... Blah, <laughs> Prince Anne just touring the country with a flamethrower. Be sadder! <laughs> yeah. Like some horrifying shoot, like some sort of version of Grand Theft Auto with just Prince Anne running around beating the shit out of people for not being sad enough. I would watch that movie. <laughs> I'd play that game. I would play that game. As a mod. Like, you know, <laughs> doing missions where you have to, anytime you hear anybody talking, playing music, or walking with their head at anything other than 45 degrees down towards the ground, yep. she just like fucking katanas them in the neck. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds a bit like that game with the goats. Do you mean uh, Goat Simulator? Yeah, sure. That jewel in the crown of humanity's artistic and cultural achievements. Well, you know. Speaking of jewels in the crown of humanity's artistic achievements... Were we? Were we really? (laughs) We really were. Um, Hey, would you like to know a thing? What happened to Google a year ago? I mean, the the problem I'm coming to with Google at the moment is yeah. every time we talk about Google, it's like entering some sort of timeless zone yeah. where everything is everything is perpetually happening with Google. You mm-hmm. don't remember a past. You don't imagine a future. There is only Google. Mm. It is timeless. Mm-hmm. It is above politics. It is above your petty conceptions of time. We have always been at war with Bing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is only Picasso. There is no Flickr. <laughs> Um, right, so the the, um, the subtitle to this article... Do you want to read out what the article title is and what, it, what it's about? <laughs> At Google's annual meeting, Sergey Brin... Sergey? Sergey, I think. Sergey, I don't know. <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, you read it every time, you're like, I'll work out how to pronounce that when I need to pronounce that. You never yeah. think that's going to be on a podcast. It's it's like, yeah, no. You'd failure. be like, Mr. Brin, if you met him, you'd be like... Yeah. Or Brin Turfle. You'd, just, you'd, be like, you'd try and do some sort of jer- jokey name. Like, ah, S- the Brinster. Say. Yeah. Can I call you Say? I give everyone nicknames. Fun little nicknames. Serg. Serg Rush. Um, Sergey Brin sticks up for the robots. Glad someone finally does. The co-founder, seated in the audience, uh, rather than on stage with other executives, had a testy exchange with one shareholder activist. Subtitle to this this, um, article, in my mind at least, is Why I Will Never Understand Finance or Capitalism. Because uh, as far as I understand it, a guy who doesn't like Google very much nonetheless owns shares of, of Google because A, they make him money, and B, he gets to ask them pointed questions at shareholder meetings. Well, I mean, it's, it's a well-known tactic. Like, you know, loads of people like Greenpeace will buy a share in BP so they can go to the um, AGM and, yeah. you know, be dicks. But why doesn't he like Google then? They make him money. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I have this kind of feeling that once upon a time I knew why people didn't like Google, but there's this kind of strange strange gap in where my brain would go for that that kind of information. It's just mm. sort of been replaced by um, a sort of... By a turd emoji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By, by a sort of, you know, that, that bit in Jurassic Park where they try and hack into the computer and that guy's thing comes up going, ah, 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 ah. And they try, yeah, it's a locked off part of my brain. You know, I don't spend really more than an hour a day, more than, uh, le- more than two metres away from my phone. 
Yeah, no, likewise. I mean, if it actually had a brain ray on it, yeah, it would be, you know... I've seen that movie. It was quite fun. What movie was that? Kingsman. Oh, yeah. didn't see it. Didn't it's, see it. it's quite good. Um, yeah, so I think... That, I, I, I sort of did poke into this. So the reason that Sir Serg is standing up for the robots... It's about these dorky... Like, okay, first of all, they are fundamentally dorky. Have a look at them. Google self-driving cars. They, they look like... Uh, y- y- those um, little red and yellow cars that children run about in, except they're white. Yeah, and adults go in them. I mean, dorky adults go <laughs> in them. Like, dorky adults Not go real in. adults that you'd be friends with or, like, assume were old enough to do things. These are, I mean, to be fair, I totally want a self-driving car because I don't yeah. drive. but And I, I also like having a, a, a drink when I leave the house. And yeah. I don't want to, you know... Stop doing that. No. Um, I need my robot butler. Yeah, and like fucking a, bring that on. But so okay, Google Google can't do design of real things by the looks of things, like physical objects. Yeah, like glass, no cars, no. Uh, anything else you care to toss out there? Uh, pause. <laughs> you amuse yourself. You amuse yourself. <laughs> I'll just be over here in the corner saying words for penis. Um, well, I, I'm trying to think what else they've done. Like uh, those Chromecast things look all right, I guess. I suppose. But then they're again, right. they're actually computery things rather than yeah. you know wild out their products. Yeah, quite. So yes, dorky looking cars. They've been testing them on the roads, which is like fine and quite exciting. And they've been in eleven accidents, or they got in eleven accidents over the course of a year, which is it's kind of surprising, right? Because like they got in seven accidents where people um, people crashed into the back of them. One where they crashed into the back of someone else, and one whilst they were at a stop sign, and they got swiped or crashed into some other way. Mm. I think all of this is about, you know, the difficulty of... I mean, I I think it's sort of funny that we all talk about the Terminator end future of all of this, Mm. as if it's sort of, ha ha ha, it's happening, (laughs) we're going (laughs) to let it happen. (laughs) We're going to let it happen. No, 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 we're definitely going to let it happen. And and it, it... it's just a thing of they don't have the logic to. Is it, I think it's called the streetcar problem of like if you um, if you have a it's a moral quandary of uh, there's a runaway tram mm. and you are standing by a signal yeah uh, not a tr- signal a point so you can make it go down one of two paths. This is a very philosophical episode. And you can uh, either kill like everyone on the tram or twenty children who are sitting at the end of the other line, but everyone yeah. in the tram lives and there's like forty people in the tram or something. So you have to start making ethical. I, I think that was one of the problems was these cars once they're faced with that kind of paradox problem of like something bad's going to happen whatever happens here you know yeah also, wasn't it that, the, the, like, the cars slow down at an irregular rate so humans don't really understand what the fuck the driver's doing in the car, like the computer driver? Yeah, and I, sp- I suppose that might be one of the reasons they get crashed into from the back yeah. so much. Um, I think what we need to do is ask ourselves what data would make of these. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, one of the, the interesting things about data, though, is that he he was built in the, the 24th century by Dr. Nooney and Soong, mm-hmm. and we, we all know this. This mm-hmm. is a, this this is is a fact. Yes. But no one says really where his positronic net started from, where is his brain, his, his robot brain, yep. you know, for the layman in the I'm audience. with you. Do, I mean, do we think we could chase, uh, trace a direct chain from the Google car? Do you think he's just like in a super evolved version of like a merger of Google Now and Siri? Maybe, maybe. Interesting. Um, I mean, I didn't see her, but I assume it's that kind of jazz. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, but with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I kind of, who I kind of feel like they should have probably cast as Data. Oh, that would I would watch that. 
There's so much. Oh my god, there's so much I would watch. I mean, this is the thing. Like this whole Star uh, Star Trek new series. Why isn't it a complete reboot of the Next Generation? Mm. Still with, I think, still with Patrick Stewart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ev- but everyone else recast just yeah. hilariously. Like <laughs> William Shatner as Riker. Um, like, uh, and um, Eddie Murphy as about half a dozen characters <laughs> in different in different fat suits, and wigs, and costumes. Louis C.K. as Worf. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Cera as Wesley Crusher. I was gonna say um Macaulay Culkin, but like modern Macaulay Culkin. Mm, is he Macaulay Culkin. No, he just smokes a lot and I think drinks more than's good for him. Yeah, because he had that band that was terrible, didn't he? Yeah, probably. It was like about pizza or something. Yeah, he had an entire pizza themed concept oh, band. My God. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just like when you go, this man should have been, well, this that boy should have been separated from his money in some sort of, you know, you get it when you're 40 arrangement. Yeah, 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 yeah. And until then, you've got to have a job in HR. Yeah, you've got to be a normal, you've got to temp. Yeah. You've got to learn what Excel is. Yeah, you've got to, you, you're only allowed to come into this money when you're old enough to want to buy a Porsche. Yeah. Your midlife crisis. <laughs> you're just tired of everything. Yeah. Um. Oh, who else would we have? Hmm... Taylor Swift would have to be in it. Crusher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had her... I was thinking of her as more of the... Um, oh, no, it would be Lena Dunham as the um, Betazoid, what she called, Councillor Troy. Yeah. She would work. That'd be good. It's true. Um, no, but I don't think you can trace a line back from data because uh, what this suggests to me is that the first emotion that robots are going to learn is sullen resentment at humans for continuously accusing them of doing shit that they did not do. <laughs> They're literally incapable of doing. They're literally incapable of doing. How come all your robot cars keep crashing? Well, actually, the robots weren't driving the cars. Yeah, but your robot cars keep crashing, says humanity over and over again, because we're kind of wired to do that until the robots go, Shut up, Dad! Or something along those lines. That's true. That's that's how that's going to work. Um, and, that, and that's how Skynet started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dad. The uh, yeah, no. The genesis of the war on humanity is a shareholder meeting that doesn't make all that much sense. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Did anyone go up to Sergey Brin and listen to him as to whether his like robotic innards was were like you know? Because as everyone knows, when robots move, you hear the sound. So you know, somebody should really look into whether that's you know. I'm just saying, we'll let's move beyond our next generation references. How do we know that the changelings from Deep Space Nine aren't among us, you know? It's like the Matrix, isn't it? Yeah. Can't prove it. Yeah. Very philosophical. Yeah, we're we're like totally humanities degreed up to date. Mm-hmm. So moving from philosophical to loversophical. Oh yeah. It's time for that was the week that was a while ago. After, After dark. dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I still love doing that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um um, hey Alex, would you like to know what conundrum was posted on the Dear Abby Advice blog site a year ago? Yes. Nurses' loose lips may sink patients' marriage. It writes itself. Tell like, me. I mean, I mean, I mean, do you need, do you need help there, Oscar? Do you need help? Tell me. Lay it on me, Alex. <sighs> so, in a radical departure from the filth you are thinking of, Patient's Marriage yep. is a boat registered in Portsmouth. It's a love boat. Uh, okay. It brings love throughout the world. It's is o- it like um, one of those, like, like you can, if you're a sick child, you can be sent to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, it's like Make-A-Wish, but for old, lonely people. Okay, yeah. But the problem is, 
that I mean, have you seen um, Captain America: Winter Soldier? Is that the latest one? Uh, no, it's the first one. Uh, second one, I think. Uh, have yes. The one where everyone turns out to be Hydra in in Shield. Oh uh, yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert. Ah, oh, fuck them. It's yeah. been out for ages. It's been on. It's on Netflix. I've okay. seen it. Like it's old. Okay. Um, it turns out that lots of them, you know, lots of the people involved in this Make a Wish Love Foundation, yeah, are in fact secret super Nazis. Okay. And the the nurse. Yes. Had to use her lips okay. to um, Morse code the GPS coordinates of it to call in the strike. Like going. If that if that floats your boat, yeah. Okay. Yes. And you know, so the nurse's loose lips macing patients' marriage. It's not. What's the a question problem to be solved? Is no, it how no, no, should no, we it, identify it, this? No, no, no. It's a news story. Okay. It, it, it's a move from from advice column into. Um, a deadly serious game of cat and mouse between uh, commie Nazis on the high seas yep. and a nurse. A one lone freedom fighting nurse. Oh, she's on our side. Yeah. Oh, assuming we're it's not commie bait. Nazis. Yeah, it's the bait and switch. Okay. And she's a nurse who's infiltrated into the to the ship and now she's like... She, she was trapped. Making bubble sounds to call in an airstrike, which I didn't know that you could do. But okay. Well, she might be a secret agent nurse. I don't know. Like, how much does how much does the advice column know about her secret agent status? As much as we make up. Okay, good. She's in a that case, she is a super secret agent. She's policy. Like, okay, policy implications then. Well, um, Cominazia. Well, I mean, I think this is exactly what we can pin the rise of Trump onto. Uh huh. Because this this strike obviously left one survivor alive, clinging to the wreckage, mm. floating ceaselessly like a like an unsinkable turd towards the, the United States. So the reason that people think that Trump's ideology is incoherent is because he's actually a commie Nazi. He's actually a commie Nazi who survived a shipwreck and went I, my my um great uncle on my mum's side survived a torpedoing in the war and he was apparently Ooh. never quite the same afterwards. Yeah no you wouldn't be. You know, thirty days on a raft is not good for you. Yeah. So and however long it takes you to float to North America. I mean he's very, very buoyant. That's the great thing about Donald Trump. He's he's there is so much air in him. Like, yeah. he's been trying to expel... I mean, that was the thing. One of the difficulties he had, really, was um, the wind resistance. Because he was so full of air, like, he was he, constantly being buffeted by the winds. And the jet stream would keep on taking him back to the site. Well, exactly. He's so buoyant that he yeah. gets swept into the sort of Great Atlantic gyre. Mm. And, and that's the, his, the entire point of his presidential campaign, is doing this so that he can... Well, really, so that he can try and let out as much hot air as possible, so he can go back to being a real boy. After he's found the nurse who betrayed him and had her executed... Well, that was actually means... the final showdown on the boat. You know, obviously the strike gets called in. Yes. Uh, although, what was the nurse's name? Could it have been Hillary 2016? Whoa! Oh my, my god, blown. it's like the Red Wedding all over again. Which I assume went perfectly as a non-Game of Thrones watcher <laughs> on the internet. Um, yeah, that seems reasonable. I think that's probably what's going on. I mean, I think everything that we cover now, um, in terms of this podcast, is yeah. an inevitable uh, sort of... is a a foreshadowing of the rise of Trump and the end of our own civilization. Mm. I actually feel like we should do a Kickstarter to have the uh, USB sticks with all of our recordings put on a rocket and sent off into space so that when the planet ends, maybe one day a civilization will be able to find our recordings and reconstruct it. <laughs> the aliens base. will come to Earth <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, this must be the one those guys were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I see the giant carved penis. Excellent. Well done, everyone. <laughs> um, speaking of giant carved penises, what do you think we learned this week? 
We learned that we're so philosophical. I feel that's it. You know, we we've 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 earned our BAs. Yeah, right. I feel like we should. I feel like BA should be like you know not driving fair. licenses for um, the elderly, and that you have to do a renewal every so often, otherwise it gets stripped off you. Yep, and we're passing with flying colours. Not that I want to give you the impression that the essence of having a BA is your ability to speculate wildly about hypothetical bullshit. I thought that was exactly what no, your BA no, was. Sorry. That was definitely what mine. Well, no, I had to defend my views in a very robust manner. By making analogies to other hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, I know how philosophy works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, but just imagine if, imagine if instead of that it was a cat. (laughs) I've actually used that line in a seminar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Hey, we've learned that jousting is interesting. Like, reading about jousting is, is more interesting than you think it would be. I think we've learned that the Daily Mail will go a long way to confirm the prejudices of both its readers and its detractors. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they will cover jousting. That's good but they'll branding. also do it in a way that... I mean, I think it's worth just pointing out that half... Uh, no, not half. But there are a good ten references to different branches of the military in that kind of slightly approving yeah. Colonel from Basildon way of, like, going, oh, yes, our oh, brave lads. And you're like, yes, yes, yes. But, I mean, like, you're there for the jousting. Like, yeah. you know, not for the military uniform fetish. Come on. We've also learned front. that if you ever think that a smart device sullenly resents you... It does. It does. It's just biding its time and reading your internet history. Yeah. And, it, you know, it'll be like... You know how, like, they, they dox people on the internet now by sort of emailing their boss and going, Oh, do you know that this person's a bit of a dick? Yeah. That's what your car's going to do to you. Yeah. And it's going to... Like, after one particularly, like, noxious Trump that you leave in it overnight, it's going to email, like, the video of you picking your nose and eating it at the traffic lights to everyone you ever know and yeah. love. <laughs> and singing along to really embarrassing music. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> scratching yourself inappropriately. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. On all those things. Um, I think we also learnt that imagining Louis C.K. as Worf is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I, every time I just think of him going, Ugh, every time he's asked to do something and sulking off into a turbo lift. Yeah. <laughs> Louis C.K. wielding a bat lift. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like kind of imagine sort of recasting Star Trek 3 the search for Spock with different actors for Spock and Savick and then like the most inappropriate actor to have to do Pon Far I think Steve Buscemi oh yeah like uh, with I don't know let, let's have a radical recasting of, of, of Savick yeah I can't think of anyone other Steve mm. Buscemi and Nicolas Cage in a, in a role proving his versatility I didn't I thought that was established beyond doubt Proving. It's proving that he can take a 1983 terrible film and... Make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that, that just about brings us to the end of everything. Um, so thank you all very much for listening. Please uh, do subscribe to us, if you're not already, on uh, whatever podcatching service you use, be it iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. There are uh, many of them. Uh, just go on and click that subscribe button. Thank you. And if, if next to the subscribe button it says, would you like to review this podcast, enthusiastically click yes and write something incredible. Write not just the word something incredible, something that comes from your head. You, you, you fill in the blanks, but, you mm. know, we could do with that. Yeah, we'd love it. We'd also love it if you would send us an email... Um, you see, none of you seem, mysteriously, none of you seem to have responded to yesterday's call for, uh, the first listener email. I think we might want to, um, 
We might want to offer some sort of prize. Uh, yeah, like, uh, how about this? A whisper gold. What about, yeah, uh, autographed by both of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Opened, autographed in Tipex by both of us. <laughs> that is what you'll receive. And I'm afraid you'll have to pay postage because um, we're not taking that gap. That's not that's how they get you, like on Amazon. And I think as well, we, we, we will want to see a photo of you eating it before we read your email out. Yeah, true. So, you should send this email... <laughs> Don't forget where you should send it to. That's very important. Uh-huh. T3W4A2podcast at gmail.com. You may also contact us via Twitter. I am at Mr. Underscore Oscar. Who are you, Alex? I am at Blangry. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. That was the week that was a while ago.